I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. So how, okay, how would you compare it to the year before mm-hmm. when, when uh, Nationals was at Frostproof? Oh, year before was fantastic experience in my life. Okay. That was, that was the most mental wreck I've ever experienced, mental roller coaster. Uh, so wow. that, that was the year I shot the most rounds in my life that year. And also, uh, perhaps trained the most, uh, most live fire as well. Uh, in terms of skill set, um, I mean, I, I really believe I have better skill set this year than ever. But last year was also feeling the same. When I shot last year nationals, I was feeling my skill set is better than ever before. And I, I was telling myself, I'm in a strong contention to win. Uh, that was three days match as well. The first day, uh, after first day, I was leading, leading by 15 points, something like that. I saw that. That has never happened in my shooting career. Um, I was always f- usually following the leader very close up and then make a mistake on the very last moment where I shouldn't have to push. I push and then make a mistake. But this time was happening the first day. Uh, actually, Matt Nash and I were staying together. We carpooled together. And after day one, we were going back to the Airbnb. And he was telling me, hey, Kim, why aren't you saying anything? Are you okay? And I was telling him, Matt, I'm leading. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Should I be pushing? Or should I be just shooting as I shot today? Or should I just let myself loose a little bit and shoot more safe plan? Because I'm leading 15 points. Uh, we actually, I don't think Matt knew exactly what I should have been doing either. Cause for me, it was first time happening and Matt, um, maybe not understanding fully in my, uh, shooting skills. So we, we were not really coming up with a solution and my solution was actually, okay, the tomorrow day two, because I have 15 points lead, I'm going to shoot comfortable. I'm going to shoot safe. So first stage I shot extremely safe. And the opponent, uh, Max Michel, shot extremely well. Uh, I think he shot all stage wins except one stage in day two. Yep. And that was that first stage. He was second. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, actually, which one was. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, basically, I was uh, I lost more than 10 points on that first stage. So, on the second stage, I'm thinking I'm, I'm still leading, but not by a lot at all. So what should I do? So I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to shoot comfortable and then see how Max shoots. So I shot more comfortable, same same comfortable level. And then now he gains some points too. And then the next stage, I feel like I need to push now because now I'm tied mm. or behind. And I chose a wrong area to push. Uh, typically, when I am pushing, I am pushing in terms of how much confirmation I'm going to have on the sites. That's one area. 
And then the second one is the uh, activating sequence. So if there's a swinger, I may try to squeeze one more target, things like that. So the third stage, I think, was one of the activating swinger, two swinger, things like that. So I decided to push on both sectors, confirmation level, and also try to get perfect on the swinger sequence. And it was happening pretty well. Uh, but Max Michel did just a little bit better. So now I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I got to go harder than that in my mind. <laughs> okay. And that's when the wheels started falling off. Mm. Uh, the mistake, I think the true mistake over here is not considering day three in calculation. Meaning okay. some of the stuff in day three was what I was good at. Uh, it was a little bigger field course and perhaps more further accurate shots. Uh, my strengths is shooting on the move and I'm a highly accurate shooter. Uh, however, in day two was very fast shooting. Some high hit factor shootings too. And Max Michel is exactly uh, strengths on those sector. And I was playing a push game on his strengths sector, which right. should be the opposite. Right. Um, yes, that was a big learning. If I push on a sector that I am strong, first of all, the, the rate of mistake is probably going to be lower, mm -hmm. less likely to make a mistake. But even if I make a mistake, my score is probably still good. But if I am not good at something, my weakness, if I take a risk over there, then the points <laughs> lost is a lot greater. And even if I do push, the strong, the, the opponent who has a strength in my weakness, if even if he just shoot okay, if my push run on my weakness is probably going to be about the same. So that's something I learned. Aha. If this stage is my weakness and his strength, I should just play safe so I don't lose too much points. Because if I try to push on my weakness, the lost points potentially is so much greater. Yes. So that's exactly what happened in day two. And then by day three, it was uh, not able to catch. Yes. So that was right. pretty good interest. Mm -hmm. And, and to summarize what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but let's use that exact example. If it's a, a high hit factor, and let's say that Max would normally be first and you would be third, mm -hmm. and you push it, the only thing that's really going to happen is you're going to drop to fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, so that points gap gets bigger. Whereas, like you're saying, if it's a stage where you would normally be first and Max is third and you push it, the worst that's going to happen is you'll be second or third, and Max would be one step closer, but you're not losing points. But the chance of gaining points is much, much greater in your favor. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's an unknown variable here that, that we're not talking about, and it's that Max met me the day before, and uh, <laughs> I gave him a fist bump. That's what I need next time. So I, there you go. <laughs> I, I apologize for ruining your chances. I transferred no, I a lot of my one. power <laughs> to him on that day. I didn't know that's what was going to happen to you, man. I'm really sorry. No. He hasn't been on the show, so you know. I, I don't look at it that way. How <laughs> I look at it is because you gave him the fist bump. I learned this important lesson. Yeah. 
So you're well. Then you're welcome. I still feel bad, but next time I will withhold my fist bump for you. I'm, there you go. But I, I'm next glad time, that I provided time. you an opportunity. Provided an opportunity for learning. Thank you. Um, but yeah, sorry, yeah. man. My my addiction in this sport is actually study and learning. Oh, yes, I'll just go around fist I've bump noticed. everybody then. Like I'll fist bump anybody you want me to, so that you can learn something from them. <laughs> You just let you just give me the like that yep, guy, that's and I'll, guy. yeah, I'll just run up and be like, What's up, bro? And then uh, he won't even have to talk. Yeah, the, the funny, funny thing is, I uh, I kind of mentioned about people believing in starting late. Uh, in some areas, it may be true. So, for example, if somebody like Max Michelle, for example, started at a very young age, in terms of hour of practice. Uh, for me, it's going to be pretty much impossible to beat that hours by mathematical number. Right. But the thing is, I was thinking, okay, there's all sorts of shooters who started at young age. What can I beat in the process? Now, we're not talking about beating in a match, beating in the process of it. So one mm -hmm. thing that popped me in my mind is I can outstudy them. I... Grew up in South Korea with fast internet since I was young. So I know how to do web research very well. And that's the only exact strategy I was taking. I can outlearn them and outstudy them. Of course, eventually I need to put some time into it to master that. So that was exactly my strategy was. And I still study like same amount as before. And I have like over 700 gigabytes of study materials like videos and all that stuff in my hard drive. And that's exactly what I do, use technology to be able to gather very important data, important uh, videos, for example, and their scores and put it in an Excel sheet and kind of figure out what their strategy is in the point value, things like that. And of course, I am videoing myself to slow-mo video and then see what the details I am doing, if my muzzle is wobbling at all in recoil or things like that. If my gun is properly aligned to the target during draw process, all those kind of things uh, can be definitely studied through technology. And I believe uh, it's almost necessary to have a coach in any sport. But it, the coach can be yourself. In this kind of case, this is actually something that the, the impression I had when I took Ben's first class. I actually take Ben's class three times. And the first time mm. I took his class, the first impression in during during his uh, feedback was this guy is a good coach. And I think that's why he didn't have a coach. That's one thing. And he knows how to coach himself. And I did take a class from other people, too. But some people had a coach, but they were not their own coach, if that makes sense. So what they're teaching didn't really make sense. And they didn't really know how to coach people well. So that that was something uh, impressed me with about Ben. I want to be my own coach as well. And that's really good for teaching as well, for sure. Okay. I, I need to interrupt you because I, I have two questions. Mm -hmm. But one, I want to talk about coaching more because I've, we've talked to the Williams sisters about this and some others as well. Um, Gabby Franco. Mm -hmm. where we've talked about coaching being the future 
mm-hmm. of the USPSA. Now I know Ben doesn't compete at nationals and um, he doesn't shoot a lot of USPSA, but do you think that he would be open to being your coach, even if it was via phone after each day of nationals to work with you with your coaching, because you guys are so similar in that um, he's very smart about the shooting teaching it. I mean, he knows the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you studying the way you do are the same way. Like you're a student of the game, literally. Yeah. So I feel like you two also, um, are able to relate on a different level altogether. So going back to the question, is that something that you could see in the future where you're still active and he's not, but he's coaching you at the same time? Well, he, in a way is already. For a long okay. time. Yeah, we've been very close friends since uh, 2017. 16 is when we really got to hang out. And 17 since then. And also, like, uh, we're not just friends either. We uh, we consider as a family. And also, we're business partners, too. So we right. do practical shooting training group together. And he has been uh, maybe not in a way like a full-time coach, per se. But he's been coaching me very, very well. So like when I go to matches, or not just a local match or anything like that, but big matches, he would Major, often right. mm-hmm. yeah, he would often give me some feedbacks and yeah, coaching me. And I think sometimes uh, just small text like saying, "Hey, right now you're doing good. Just keep doing what you're doing." Just small sentence was helping me out. Like that's the first time I won second uh, position at the nationals. So 2017 carry optics, I won second place. And that was exactly what he told me. Hey, don't think about anything. Uh, just doing what you're doing right now. And I kind of I kind of feel like I kind of feel like you would have had a better second day in 2020 had you just shot Huanzik Kim's game. The result may have been really interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting. Yes. For sure. The first day, uh, Ben was telling me when I was leading, hey, you're doing very good. Uh, but I didn't ask, like, how should I be uh, considering it? Uh, I, I didn't follow up on the question because I was so pressured, uh, the fact that I'm leading, because that was the most pressure uh, I felt in my life. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't ask him about that because he's been in that position, you know? So I'm surprised you didn't ask him. What did you do when you found yourself in this position? Yeah, I probably should have asked. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I was just so focused on the stage visualization at the time, too. Okay. Uh, I remember I probably slept two hours that night. The whole oh, time. Wow. Yeah. Every time I was trying to stay, sleep, uh, when I try to clear my <laughs> mind, after two seconds, like, what's the next stage? What's the sequence on that one? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, Holy it's like cow. the best and the worst place to be if you're in, like if you're leading, like it's awesome because you're leading. But then it's like everybody's coming after you, and you want to stay where you are. But now everybody's strategy is going to be to 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 knock you down. So that yeah, yes. it's it's great. But it, I mean, I don't know. I could just from what people have said, it's mm-hmm. a good position and a bad position to be in. Yes, 
uh, I quite hated it, but I quite enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're like, sup? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. oh crap! I have to, like, how do I stay here? Mm-hmm. And then you don't sleep but two hours. All right. So I've got. I want to share. I downloaded a couple of the videos that you put on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I want to play a couple of them because I have some questions for you about them. Like, why did you do certain things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. So this first one is now a new classifier. So I actually took your, you had two different videos. I downloaded them, put them together into one. So it's going to be like 25 seconds, 20 to 25 seconds worth of video. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. Here we go. Okay. That was quick. That was real quick. So the first question I have is when you went from that first array of targets, you transitioned to the second one, you came in on that second target. Yes. Now, is that because it was wide open and you could quickly acquire it or? that uh, This match, my focus was to minimize the risk as much as possible. And make the shooting part easier. Okay. Of course, uh, when I transition, first of all, I would like to have the transition time between positions mm-hmm. as short as possible. That means I want to keep my shooting speed as if I am shooting everything on one spot. But since there's three positions I have to move, I want to force myself to shoot, continue, almost sound like ba 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 nonstop instead of ba ba bam. Ba-bum, ba-bum. The right. concept makes sense, right? Yeah. So in yep. order to be able to do that, first of all, yeah, the transition had to go straight to the middle port or the second position. But the risk-wise, if I shoot the no-shoot target first, which I am further away because my transition is so much faster than my body can go to the second position, I, I'm going to be shooting the target that's most safe because the okay. distance is farther. As I am walking into the position, if I should open target and no shoot target later, then I am closer to the no shoot target. So in this case, so you I minimize your risk, minimizing the risk. And also in the timer, if I went to no shoot first compared to the open first, the time between the two will be minimal, very, very, very little. Because the targets are side by side anyways. Right. This is exactly why I chose that. It's really about minimizing the risk and make other people make a mistake. Okay. So when you're coming in and this is your, well, we'll do it this way. This is your open target. Mm -hmm. And this is your, well, no, we'll do the other way. I'm sorry. This is your open target. This is your no shoot. Mm -hmm. So even going to the open target, then to the no shoot, then to the other target over there, those two transitions are still slower than what you did. Uh, yes, because or faster. People, I mean, yeah, it's faster because of now 
what we were trying to do is, first of all, the deeper target did not expose as quick because deeper target, you had to go all the way to the front. Right. So first of all, there's a risk of the target actually not coming out. That's one issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. I will say if you listen to his mm -hmm. cadence on each set of arrays, it's almost identical. Now, I'm not a yeah. timer, so I couldn't tell you the actual splits, mm -hmm. but the cadence was almost identical between each array. Mm -hmm. Agree. So it's, yeah, you definitely weren't dropping even speed. yeah even with the no shoots and everything it was still pop 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 yeah there was no delay mm -hmm. now i know you shoot a walther yeah so you can fit 23 rounds in your mags with modification the factory setup with a gram's spring is 22 plus one but i cut the spring coil to fit okay. 23 so I have a dedicated 23 rounder for the stages just like this. Okay. Yes. But it's right. not And that's the only time you use it. Yeah, it's not as reliable. Uh that's exactly I, how I got the malfunction on a weekend stage. Uh I was okay. shooting 23 rounder uh I forgot why I used that one by mistake probably. But once you cut the spring coil, the speed of your bullet coming up can be slowed down. That's one thing. And it wears yep. out very quickly. Uh, my mistake was I didn't change out the spring right before nationals. I changed it two months before, which typically that's the mm. life length of cut coil springs. Uh, if you're practicing, of course. Okay. So yeah, there was one malfunction through that, but I, I typically don't use 23 rounder unless it's a 23 or 24 round stage. Gotcha. Okay. I, I was asking because you know Luigi Lee? Yes. Okay. He has a Walther, mm -hmm. but he uses Canic magazines. Yes. And I, I shoot a Canic. Mm -hmm. Well, I can only fit 22 plus one. And he's like, do you want to borrow one of mine? I'm like, yeah, but you're shooting a Walther. Is that going to work in my Canic? He goes, I use Canic magazines. I was like, what? So I actually used his so that I could fit 23 in the magazine and one in the chamber. I still screwed it up. I still somehow only put 22 rounds in the magazine somehow. But uh, it's very interesting that he shoots a Walther with Canic magazines and yes. Graham Springs. So he doesn't have to trim anything. Mm -hmm. So that might be an option for you. Yeah, I should probably dig it in. If it's reliable, yeah, then yeah of course. Just remember yeah, it to worked. load that extra bullet, though, because... Yeah, don't do like otherwise, me. Otherwise, it's just <laughs> embarrassing. You know? Yeah. One thing about Luigi is he's a very good gunsmith. So he okay. might know better in uh, how to make it run more reliably. Well, now, now you can reach out to him and say, hey, how do I make... How do I run a 23-round mag and not have a... A feeding problem, you know? Yes. I'm not particularly a good gunsmith. So <laughs> if I ask him, uh, maybe, my friends are for maybe he'll set it up for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So we talked about that. All right. So I've got another video. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. So it's a quick one. But I have some questions about this one real quick. Okay. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? 
Stand by. Well, there's that ting, 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 ting. That was perfect. So, was that you just yelling at it? (laughs) (laughs) Every time he says ting, the the steel falls. (laughs) So, my question is Mm -hmm. so, you from your start position, you ran over to the far left, shot those targets, and then you moved up to that third position. Now, I shot nationals too. But I did it differently, and this is my question. You shot that inside target to the right first, Mm -hmm. and then so you shot right to left. Yes. Now, I ran up. I shot the one on the left first and then shot around to that inside one so that I was facing towards the steel target position to get to. I reloaded before I got there, and then I, I shot. So why did you do it the way you did? I'm very curious. Uh, yes, not, not a big reason, to be honest. Uh, when I was doing the, the walkthrough, basically that's actually the last stage uh, at Nationals for me. Uh, my original plan was to uh, basically shoot on the move way in and way out a lot. So there's okay. a couple opportunities. Like the second position, you can shoot on the move way in and kind of roll through it. And then the last, mm-hmm. the third position we we're talking to, if you shoot the deeper target, you can start moving around early on the middle section and you start moving out, bum, 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 bum. Uh, that was my original plan. In the walkthrough, when I was doing going through the walkthrough, my injury was telling me, hey, you don't mm. want to do that. Okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So the, that usually changing the plan last minute uh, like especially shooting on the move or not this is a different case but if you are changing the way you are engaging the target so for example left to right right to left or hitting the position footstep a little bit differently kind of thing uh, unless there's a huge difference don't change it if if you change it you're increasing the chance of mistake because you're now trying to override the original program Right. Yes. So that's just every, yeah. yeah every time I've changed my stage plan in between what I came up with to the time I shoot, it never goes well ever. I was really okay. hoping you were going to be like, I'm taller than you. So I have longer arms and I didn't want to bump <laughs> into the wall. Like I was really hoping you were going to say something like that. It's like, yeah. no, my foot hurt. Like, uh, yeah, you got to help me out, man. He, he is definitely. Go ahead, Watson. That position, that position was fired stationary. Then shooting left to right and right to left, the difference in scoring, yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. I okay, agree. Well, we all get that, but the other way would have been funny. <laughs> Come on, man. So well, I can say Leo, that the, the earth was circling faster at that moment. So I just <laughs> see, that see? Yeah. there it is. Like, that would have been brilliant. There we go. That's why he should have been a physics major. Yeah. <laughs> now i will say uh you can't tell by the podcast because he's sitting down but he is definitely tall enough to be production national champion 
I believe he's five foot. I believe he's five foot seventeen. Are you six five, Wansuk? No, four. Six, oh, okay. Oh, I was, I was an inch off. <laughs> <laughs> Very tall. Very tall. I definitely tell. Well, because a we've both seen you in real life, but also mm-hmm. like your videos. I love watching it when when like the RO was like reaching up uh, to put the thing by your head. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not because the RO is short. <laughs> right. Yeah. The tallest right, so, Korean you ever see. I mean, yeah. Ex- except in the na- Korean national basketball team. Yes. There you go. So what does your 2022 schedule look like? Uh, right now, in terms of the match schedule, I am planning on mostly one match a month from March to March to depends on the war shoot, but October. If the war shoot's happening, probably one a month at least till uh, November. Uh, there will be a month there I will be shooting two matches. So a couple a couple area matches and a couple uh, level twos. But uh, there's, of course, teaching schedules too. So one of the biggest mm-hmm. ones will be the summit uh, for PSTG. So practical shooting training group, we have a summit. So every year, there's no like uh, entrance fee other than to cover the targets um, and some range official uh, expenses. So basically, all the, any training members can come over. And last year, we had uh, instructors, of course, Ben and I and Joel, the three of us going to be there, of course. And we had Jason Bradley, Mason Lane. We had uh, Lane Grace, uh, Gris, sorry, <laughs> Lane Grace and Rob Epiphania. There were so many good shooters, uh, Epi- uh, Matt Hopkins. I think we had uh, 11 instructors, but all the instructors, fabulous not just fabulous shooters, but they're fabulous teachers. So a lot of people. Okay. Have time. Mm-hmm. That that's for yeah, me. That's like that's, mm-hmm. that's like June time frame, isn't it? Like uh, May June somewhere through there. Next year will most likely be end of April, uh, because oh, we okay. have some big matches in May. So we're trying to have people tuned up for that. Uh, so either late April or very beginning of May, I think. In Wisconsin again. Yes. Yeah, that's gonna be. That could be a little chilly. Just a little bit, maybe not too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be better than Washington for sure. Okay, yeah. all right, <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> um, so, with with the way Carry Optics Nationals was done this year, mm-hmm. um, separate of all the other stuff, other than PCC, but separate of all the pistol stuff. There were a lot of guys who competed who didn't normally compete in carry optics. Yes. Next year, with it being its own standalone nationals, it's going to be the exact same way. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, do you, knowing that, do you, is there any, do you plan on changing your training to be able to um, prepare for, for that? stacked of a nationals again or you just plan on doing the normal ones at kim training that you would normally do for nationals yes the thing how i always uh, think so far was always focusing on the ipsic worship because in my to be honest i don't really care about winning nationals my goal is to win the worship and the style of shooting 
and the characteristics is pretty different. Uh, so good analogy is last year nationals, when we look at it, uh, some some stage is a 15 hit factor, some stage 10, some stage 5, some stage 7. So it's a consistent gear change, speed change. But at the worst shoot, you don't see that much of a gap in shooting speed per se. Uh, I don't see any stages that are above 10 hit factor at the worst shoot. Pretty rare. Most of the stages you see are somewhere around 5 to... If it's high, it's going to be 7. But you see a lot of a 5, 6 uh, hit factor stage with a lot of movements. So that has been always my focus. And I think one of the reasons why one of my strengths is shooting on the move is there's a lot of shooting on the move opportunity and perhaps a lot further shots while moving. In the US, yes, mm -hmm. there's shooting on the move, but a lot of the shooting on the move is closer distance. And also we can talk about bigger bigger dimension of A-zone because IPSC, the dimension of A-zone is slightly narrower. I mean, in the, in the biggest part is the same width, but it's triangled up and down. Right. So there's more chance to drop points. So in terms of that, I don't think I'm going to be changing my strategy in terms of really focusing on IPSC performance because I don't think the worst shoot is 100% solid planned because they're yeah. saying it's going to be next year, 2020, too. Uh, but I don't believe that it's 100% solid announcement, even though they said it because of the COVID yeah. and all that. Yeah, that seems to be... What we're everybody we've talked to, Shannon Smith, you, it doesn't matter who it is, yes. everybody's feeling like there's a better chance it won't happen than it will happen. Yes. Yeah. So I'm still going to be trying to be uh, uh, basically, first of all, my focus is to get my health back because this year I had many things happening. Uh, that's my very first goal. But in terms of like my technique focus, uh, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. I'm still going to be try to be accurate in shooting the move a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like Ipsic is kind of right up your alley in that with that 3 2 1, mm -hmm. that consistent shooting on a certain pace, being able, like you said, shoot on a move and, and your strength being accurate shooting. Yes. I mean, that's pretty much what, because you don't, you can't game it like USPSA. You have to stay within the boundaries. Mm -hmm. you know, the fault lines and, and do your shooting. I, I feel like that's, yeah, that's right up your alley. Mm -hmm. More of a marathon style for Ipsic match. USPSA is more of a F1 formula, a lot of corners yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a sprint every stage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, totally agree. Now you, I, I wanted to also moving to a different topic. You mm -hmm. and I, um, well, I'll leave it down there. I don't need to break it up, but you and I shoot the SRO. Yeah. And, um, there was something you said, I believe you said it on Ben's podcast mm -hmm. about your SRO. How many rounds do you have on your SROs? Uh, I probably have six or seven SROs and, one of them has the most round counts of all, which is on my practice, uh, Walter. Uh, last year, I stopped counting the round count on it at 13,000. Wait, 130,000, sorry. 130,000 
um, by now it can, it can be 150. Wow. Without a failure on it. Uh, one failure that was user, uh, user mistake. <laughs> uh, what was that? The, the dot went out during recoil and I just didn't simply tighten the cap strong enough. Oh, okay. No mechanical failure. Zero mechanical okay. failure. Yes. I was going to be like, I forgot to turn it on. <laughs> that's, that's an extremely impressive. Yeah. Have 130 plus thousand rounds on something, and the only mechanical failure was a user error. Yes, I, I, I mean it, we've it had wasn't a mechanical failure, wasn't it? Right, yeah, right. No, no, the only, no, no. The body only... mechanics is what he was talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just gotta body mechanics. As as my mom says, con ganas, you gotta, you know. <laughs> I mean we've we've had Jason Bradley on who uses the Delta Point Pro, yeah, and I don't know how many Delta Point Pros he's been through. Yes, you know. I've shot Delta Point Pro previously to uh, SRO. I I have five, and at the time I had four, and four of them come all combined went to factory about ten times. Wow, goodness, that's a huge difference. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume they're not a sponsor. No, <laughs> I don't have enough. Okay. I'm not trying to get you in trouble with the sponsor. You know, <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is they Definitely. have changed the circuit board design. And ever since the circuit board design changed, none of my Delta points broke. But the thing is, I stopped shooting Delta point as a main. So I'm only experiencing like 10,000 through Delta points since the modification, probably. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. They started no, making I know the circuit you... board in Korea. That's why it works. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Now I know you get the you, we and I you and I actually sp sent messages back and forth a while back mm -hmm. about the three dots in the SRO. Um, oh yeah, 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 fake dots, yes. Yeah, and initially I didn't have those. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that until later on after using it for quite a while. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I started getting that. It hasn't changed or affected anything, but that's the only thing that I've noticed with it that's a little weird or odd. Yes, that is definitely one uh, downside. That's why I use the uh, front side or front optic cover. So to eliminate the, uh, the refraction or fake dot, whatever. Right. Okay. I was, I was like, I, I don't know what we're talking about because I'm balling on a budget, mm -hmm. you know. I can't, that I can't is a that kind of stuff. do not believe him, Juanzik. He is lying. All you have to do is look behind him <laughs> and look at all those cases. He's a liar. <laughs> He's a liar. It's a it's just a background on my on my computer. It's a no, computer. no, no. That's a lie. That is a that. lie. <laughs> all right. Now I wanted to. Um, I got another picture I want to share with you real quick because I know you're a Walther mm -hmm. shooter. So I had some, and I know you've been shooting the PDP quite a bit. Yep. So that's what I wanted to talk about next. So mm -hmm. here, as I understand it, this is the compact PDP here. Yep. At the bottom. Okay. Then a four and a half, a five inch PDP, and then your Q5. Yes. Still frame. Okay. Is the PDP, because I couldn't tell on their website, are they, is the PDP also a steel frame? No, plastic frame. 
Okay. Even the five inch that you were shooting is plastic. Yeah. All plastic. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you're liking it as much as your Q5? Uh, there's things that I like better. There's things that I like less. Um, so, for example, grip is longer. And I like that a lot because I have okay. a bigger-ish hand size. Well, and yeah, you're 6'5". Six 6'4", five. Six yeah. I'm sorry, 6'4". <laughs> uh, the typical PPQ or Q5 lines have a little bit short grip size. So the bottom of my palm is kind of sticking out. So when I first tried PPQ, uh, when I was reloading, I was clipping the bottom of my palm as I'm inserting the mag. So mm. I had to learn how to keep the palm away. So I, of course, first of all, I have to kind of rotate the gun to punch the mag release. My, my thumb isn't as, um, the thumb isn't reaching without tilting the gun. So when I tilt it, I just simply learned how to get the palm out of the way. So in that kind of case, I, I can kind of do reloads without any issues. But if I am shooting PDP, I can keep the grip pretty much the same position during the reload without pinching anything. So I can okay. the basically I'm not moving the gun around, then likelihood of keeping that good grip during the reload and after reload is better. So there's a little bit more consistency that way. Uh, so that's why I like the grip a lot. And also the beaver tail is a little bit more rounded on PDP. So I can get the thumb slightly higher on it, which uh, what I like to do. Uh, in, in terms of PDP, uh, another thing is it's all optic ready. So mm -hmm. none of the guns are actually iron sight dedicated. You get an optic ready gun, you can put optic on anytime you want. So that's another thing I like about it. Uh, the serration is great. I really like the big, uh, deep serration, sharp serrations. It doesn't like cut my hand or anything like that. But in the winter time, your hands can get a little slippery in dry weather. And of course, Q5, it's not like it's going to slip around much, but the PDP is just way solid. So if you're shooting like a bad ammo sometimes, because uh, you're reloading crappy, I sometimes do that with Cody bullets. And when you have to wreck the bullet out of the slide, uh, it's really easy to grab it. Uh, whereas, because sometimes, first of all, I don't want to grip grip the slide or the optic. I sometimes wreck it with the optic, of course. But when I have to wreck it really hard, I'm just cautious about the optic. So I just grab the front serration. And that really sharp front serration, um, you don't lose the grip on whatever you do with it. Uh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but when I first started shooting, I used an RMR. Yeah. And and I would rack it with the RMR all the time. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. But whenever when as soon as I switched to the SRO for whatever reason, I'm like, uh, I don't want to I don't want to pull on the optic. So I only like you, yeah. I grab the front of the slide and rack it. Yeah, my story is uh so I had a happen when I grabbed the optic and the racket. Uh I had a slide bite on my palm one time. Ooh. Yeah, because, I mean, if I am gripping the top side of the optic, it won't happen. But if I am using, like, the middle palm section to smack the optic, then the bottom palm can get sucked into the chamber or the port. And yeah. I got beat one time. And in a pressure situation, if you're having a malfunction during a stage, 
there's no guarantee you're gonna be using the top part only, right? So right. If the bottom palm gate gets deep down to the optic, then you can get sucked into the port when the slide goes forward, and it can bite you. Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I think we've all been there. It's, yeah. it's, it's not fun. Yeah, I like a so good how, aggressive surrey. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you how does the trigger on the PDP compare to the trigger on your Q5? If we are talking about both factory, PDP is mm -hmm. actually coming as a little bit lighter. Uh, the Q5 out of the box will be five and a half ish. PDP will be four higher four, so four ounces and uh, four pounds eight to ten ounces is what I usually get on my PDP. But okay. on the Q5, I put a um, spring from Sprinko. So now the trigger is three and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, three and a okay. Half. Reset on that. Very good reset. Yeah. Very strong reset. Uh, I can get it lighter. I believe Luigi's trigger is lighter. The reason why I'm keeping it three and a half is because of the IPSC rule. IPSC striker mm. guns are uh, required to have more than three pound trigger. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's the uh, who's your holster maker up here? That's tier one. Yes. I was going to ask. A I was wondering. I was, was going to ask a question about that. That's what I was wondering, but I couldn't. No. Go ahead, ask them. That's why I did this. I'm like, oh, because I they are not a sponsor, but I wish they were because all of my everyday carries are tier one and I love them. What, how do you, is that what you use for uh, your everyday carry? Do you like, do you uh, that's like the it? one I use the most? I uh -huh. have many different brands. Um, depends on uh, most of the time I'm carrying appendix. Yeah, same. Yes, for appendix carry. Interesting when you're fat, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have <laughs> I do have tier one and TXC, uh -huh. which both are about similar style. Yeah, uh, but different design. So <laughs> if I feel fancy, I'm gonna I'm gonna use uh, TXC. <laughs> and... Fancy, fancy like Applebee's. <laughs> if, he's, if he's dressed up for a night on the town, keep <laughs> it a classic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah oh. I was just curious because I, I really like their holsters a lot, and mm -hmm. you can get them optic ready and you know lights and all the fancy doodads. But I think yeah. they're very comfortable. So that's yeah, why I was curious. They're definitely one of the best. I have tried T-Rex Arms, uh, Tier One, TXC, yeah. and some other companies as well. But I find Tier One uh, in terms of appendix carry, I I like the best. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and again, not a sponsor, but if you're, if anybody from there is listening. I'm not gonna say no. Yeah. Now there was something else I meant to ask, and I, I stopped sharing too soon. The other thing I had a a, a question about mm -hmm. is uh, on the Walther page they say the PDP has a new improved grip texture. Yeah. Yes. How how do you like that? Oh, I, I love it a lot. <laughs> he oh, got okay. really excited when you asked him. He did. So he sure did. <laughs> uh, it was last year when it first came out. I posted a video of it slow motion in snow. And typically oh. when, I, when I shoot in the snow, um, of course, when, when I put like a pro grip on my hand, it's a different story. But that, that video was shot without any pro grip or anything like that, just natural hand. Uh, when my hands are pretty dry and slippery, uh, the texture really changes uh, how much I need to grip or how hard I need to grip. 
And with that texture, I didn't have to grip like other slicker guns in the snow. So I, I really liked it a lot. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you got real excited when he asked that question. <laughs> now, were was because you're a since you're a sponsored shooter, mm -hmm. were they kind enough to send you some to to shoot to try out? Yes, uh, all of them are not out of my pocket. Awesome. It's this good to be Juan's shooting. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly why. This yes, Leo, this is yeah. exactly why you have to get good at shooting. Yeah, that's why. This is it's just you're Mel Brooks. It's good to be the king. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you think you're going to switch? Or do you think you'll use it at all next year in carry optics or is that still being decided? Uh, I really wanted to and planning to change to PDP. Uh, but the, the war shoot, because of the war shoot, I am uh, the, the production optics heavy team. So, okay. Yeah, there's a so heavy frame. and light. Yes. Yeah. So for that reason, uh, because I, the, the reason why I'm training with PDP right now is one reason is the winter reason I was talking about. It's a lot easier. And also it's a lot warmer to shoot with the plastic grip. If it's a steel grip, it's very cold. Yes. <laughs> yes. You yeah, you cold. can heat up. You can heat up plastic a lot easier with your hands than than steel. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Uh, but okay. once once I enter the shooting season, uh, I'm mainly going to be shooting the steel frame because of the IPSC war shoot. Um, I cannot have a risk of uh, changing to PDP and then the war shoot say, hey, we're going to do it. Then right. uh, I need to transition. Yeah, switch back. That's not something I want to do, especially yeah. with the ammo shortage. That's been very bad <laughs> ammo shortage. Well, and before we get to the training, that's what I wanted to talk to you about because, again, when you and I were talking at your rental car, mm -hmm. we were talking about the ammo shortage. You said you asked your um, the ammo company who was sponsoring you got a new CEO or somebody like that, and they stopped sponsoring anybody. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yep. So now, so everybody listening, he's looking for a new ammo sponsor. That's true. <laughs> yeah. See, and so, he's worth uh, sponsoring. Yes, Thank he is. Out there. Thank you so much. Anyway, and we are too, but yeah, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much has that hurt your training, your live fire training? Um, the the sponsorship was officially gone um, spring of last year. If I give you the number, uh, twenty twenty, I shot. Only nine millimeter, over hundred thousand rounds, and wow. combining with PCC and uh, rifle ammo and some forties, uh, we're talking over hundred twenty thousand. Uh, but last year, or I should say this year, um, nine millimeter wise, I think it was close to forty, forty thousand. That's a big difference. Yes. So, but the thing is, I shot four, forty caliber. So nine millimeter, uh, when I heard from the company, uh, I immediately start calculating the stock in my ho at home, how much ammunition and primers I have. Because of I had a ammunition company sponsor, I didn't buy primers because there's no reason to load up. Right, uh, right. So in the April month where I um, had a couple pistol matches, uh, 
and two gun matches in June. Uh, I was calculating the numbers, and once I'm done with the two gun match, which is the last pistol match at the time I was registered to, uh, I was down to like three thousand nine millimeter, and so I was thinking, hey, I gotta go buy primers. So I went to internet, nothing there. And then I went to my local shops. Uh, I found one place that had like two boxes of primers, uh, small pistol. And it was $120 per brick before tax. And Washington mm. has big tax. So I bought two boxes of them. And wow. I was thinking, I got to stop doing this. It's $120 bucks <laughs> for 1,000 primers. So yeah. what I did is... After the two-gun match was over, I started shooting 40 caliber because I had uh, over 10,000 rounds of 40 caliber available, loaded ones, the factory ones. So I shot 40 caliber uh, for two months and maybe more until September. And in September, I started shooting back in 9mm. And around the time, uh, I was very fortunate. One of the uh, PSDG member is actually local to me, and he actually called me up and Hey, I heard you have a primer issue and I have some that I bought before pandemic and I'm willing to sell it to pre-pandemic price. Nice. So that was amazing. Yes. So I had yeah, enough primers to shoot nationals. Very nice. Okay. Probably get canonized by the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good human being right there. Oh, yes. It's very good. Yeah. Human being. And that's one of the reasons why I shot more rifle stuff this year, too. Um, I had the AK sent by the sponsor, and also they gave me the AK ammo, too. So I, I shot a little bit of AK, and then I shot a little bit of rifle ammo that I uh, piled up a little, too. So this was okay. fun here, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dabbled in a little bit of everything. Yes. So are you going to shoot two-gun nationals next year, then? Yes, that's definitely my uh, schedule. Okay, nice. Now, you were saying that you're a full-time shooter. What exactly does that mean? Uh, first of all, my main income isn't by shooting. My main income is by teaching. Okay. So that's one thing. And in order to be able to teach, uh, first of all, you need to be consistent, consistently learning analyzing things, analyzing shooters and common issues, and also come up with the solutions, things like that. And also, you need to be able to demonstrate. If you are not able to demonstrate, uh, you're not verifying if the theory or hypotheses or the stuff you teach is actually realistic. So in that case, I, of course, I train pretty much every day. Uh, I used to train every day until 2017, and I got burned down very bad, burned out. So my wife told me, hey, you need to do three plus one system, which is three days training and one day off. And But last year was more of a five days training and two days off uh, to make things a little more simpler. Okay. And then, yeah, definitely a full-time shooter. It Everybody has a little bit de different definition. Some people think full-time shooter is a sponsored shooter. Uh, my definition of full-time shooter is of course every country has different hours of full-time job uh, korea used to be 68 was the maximum uh full-time but america is what 40 something 40. well that's the average we look at is 40 hours a week yes on average but 
back then when I was growing up in Korea, the 80, uh, 68 hours was average. That's why you guys so when are so I was, much smarter than well, this. Well, I mean, I, I work a 56-hour work week. Mm -hmm. so. so that number can be telling you, like, if you are training and perhaps not just training with a gun, but actually doing some study uh, or you could be working on your physical uh, training too, like going to the gym, all those counts as a uh, work, working to your shooting. Uh, if that's full-time, yeah, you're a full-time shooter. Okay, yeah. And it's not really about if you're GM or not. If you're actually spending full-time hours in your life to work on shooting. Yeah, devoted to shooting. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. All right. Um, so getting into, I know you have the nickname, the professor, um, <laughs> <laughs> which seems to fit you well. Now I have a couple, I I've got a couple more videos mm -hmm. real quick, um, that I have some questions about. And the first one, I have a question about exactly what you're meaning in this drill that you posted. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play that real quick. In between the pairs. You want to maintain everything as similar as possible. So the timer is just split time checking device in this drill. Is that just like a confirmation drill or? No, that's a new drill called step back. Uh, that's a teaser. So I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not asking you to give away any secrets, but that's why I was just trying to figure out what what you were doing there. Yes, that's a, that's a drill called step back drill. Basically, what it's working on is, let's say, I think a lot of people know double drill. Basically, uh, you shoot a pair at a certain speed. Uh for example, if you are shooting 0.2 second splits, bomb bomb, at uh, five yards, and if you are able to shoot the first shot and the second shot, uh, distance wise, about like let's say two inch group, you can shoot no matter how many pairs you shoot, like 10 pairs, and you still create that two inch group side uh, together. Then two inch group theoretically at 15 yards becomes six inch group because five yards. 15 yards they're three times right. more so two right. inch theoretically is six inches at 15 yards so that but would still be an a zone style group then at 15 yards yes yeah, six inches is how wide the a zone is right but the problem is when people are actually shooting doubles at 15 yards they either slow down their splits or they may increase the hand tension now start to yank the shot with the too much hand tension or they may be actually relaxing the hand tension too much. Now support hand is not gripping hard enough. And now the recoil management get be uh, weird. So this is uh, typically mental, right? Because of the target is further away. Now you're conceiving, hey, five-yard target became 15-yard target. It's a lot far away. I got to be shooting slower or shooting with the relaxed hands or pull the trigger more carefully. Things can change. 
But theoretically, okay. if you are able to do a certain thing, you should be able to apply that theoretical group size at any distances. So step back drill, the focus of it is, first of all, when you shoot this drill, you need to know your group size at five yards doubles. So this is why I said two inch group is an example. Then once you shoot the five yards doubles, you shoot the step back drill to be able to apply the same recoil management back in further distances while maintaining the same. Basically, okay. you're trying to mentally ignore the difficulty of the target. So as you're shooting five yard bam bam doubles, step back, do the same exact thing. Visually pick a spot on the target, zoom into a certain spot rather than the brown color of the target. Because the brown color would be shrinking, shrinking as you're stepping back. That's going to be yeah. scaring you. So now you're visually learning how to look to a specific spot and then manage the recoil the same way. In this case, you cannot change the recoil management mechanics and the split times. So shoot the same splits, step back. Same splits, doubles, step back all the way back to about 15 yards. Now, if your theoretical group size was two inches at five yards, like we talked about, it should be all alpha. You can think of it as a alpha, managing the alpha in that case, if it's two inch group. If it's like three inch group, you can just think of it as a group size and use target as a bullet hit checker almost. And that's why I, I was saying to, uh, in the video, teaser video, you use the timer as a split checker. So right. you start the timer once, and once you start the timer, you do not reset the timer. Because sometimes people are so accustomed to use the timer as a starting. You just start whatever your pace is, and then shoot, bam, 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 all the way back. And at the later time, or after your drill is over, just check your timer and go through the split times. And if you are actually changing the split times or shooting the same split times. Now, if right. the split time changes, the group size is likely changed too. So the really goal about this drill step back is to be able to first, yeah, ignore the difficulty of the target, but managing the recoil the same way and confirming the same way, split time, same way, and not changing anything. But of course, the you have to learn the mechanics. First of all, you need to know how to recoil management. And second of all, you need to learn how to look to a specific spot on the target rather than the brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've 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 been teaching myself to just regardless, well, unless there's a partial, but always look to that A in the A zone. That's my spot that I'm always looking at. It gives me something to actually look at. So yes. In my opinion, a lot of the shooters, to be honest, has better skills than they know how to do. So, for example, in the top 30 at nationals, in terms of like recoil management, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference. But some people are not able to shoot fast enough on a further shot or more difficult shot because of this mental hurdle. Even right. though they are able to shoot close target, very, very tight group with the fast splits. But top shooters, you should, uh, you see them shoot 15-yard target. It's like 25 splits in carry optics. And a lot of the good shooters are not shooting that pace, even though they have the ability. So this Sounds really like a trust issue. Yeah. Trust could be definitely one issue too. Yeah. But it could be trust. Uh, if it's only trust issue, 
you may be managing the recoil the same way, but just over confirming and pulling the trigger so, a lot slower. Slow, right. Yeah. Uh, so in that case, it's actually a good way because your mechanics is solid. But a lot of the cases is actually they change the hand tension, change the wrist lock, change the uh, or they may be not visually guiding the dot, meaning not looking at the specific spot. It could be actually a mechanical issue as well. Okay. Now, do you think that putting um, like a dot or something in the spot where you always want to aim, putting something there so going all the way back you can still see it and you train yourself to look at that spot regardless? Or um, The demonstration on the video didn't have a tape on, but in the video I kind of mentioned if you're shooting first time, it is a good idea to have a marker on or white paste okay. or things like that. Right. Uh, what that does is it can help you to actually focus on specific spot on that tape and try right. to see that as clear as possible at all times. So in that case, it's a good idea, but eventually you need to learn how to look to a specific spot on a brown single target without paster. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, pretty cool. Now I've got one more video. Okay. Um, and we'll be good. Before you start the video, name for that that uh drill step, step back, back drill no, no i know yeah. what it is who came up with it the name I, oh I did. okay no all that's my a good drills, name for it yeah, thank you all my yeah, drills no, i I'm make like, yeah I, I come up with i think about what the name is yeah that's a that like that's a good name i like it yeah it's a good drill i saw it and yeah. i was like oh this is interesting all right this one is more i know you've done a lot of research also into movement Mm -hmm. Um, because I remember listening to you on a podcast, you said you watch soccer videos, you watch all kinds of different things to see how people move their feet and everything. So this is kind of part of that. So that may not be a shooting drill, but it's again, it's part of shooting. Here we go. Yeah, I can feel the pain. <laughs> so, so it, it's I heard the pain. <laughs> you've never met. So we have a, a personal, or I guess she's a physical therapist that works mm -hmm. for us for the for the fire department, and she does my rehab for my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And just watching you, I was like, she would love to watch that video and see somebody, <laughs> not me, in pain. Yeah, because she sees my face in pain all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I have a physical therapist as well. A very good doctor. From Boston, yeah. and that particular workout on the video we saw was actually from my physical trainer. Uh, oh. He was a rugby player, and yeah, he's professional. Uh, uh, the trainer at the gym, he owns gyms too, and now he's one of my best friends too. Uh, he actually made a couple of videos for training group as well. So uh, they two communicate actually, the physical therapist and also the trainer, and of, of course they tr uh, they communicate with me so it's like all three we communicate each other sometimes we watch videos of other shooters as well and one thing they noticed was my ankle stability is not as solid and um, in terms of movement like shooting on the move the stability really changes the amount of sway 
on your gun. So the group of sway, meaning when you are shooting on the move on a dot, if you actually kind of look at the dot, how it's shaking around, and if you could like measure the shake of the dot or shake of the muzzle, that's the group of sway. The group of sway is very significantly influenced by the stability of your body. Of course, one thing I had big time was pronation of my foot, where uh, my foot is collapsing inward, and that created a lot of sway. And ankle stability, it very affects uh, how well you can manage your foot during the movement. So the exercise you saw is to, first of all, where that exercise is not only strengthening, but learning how to activate that ankle stability and the big muscle, like the shin muscle. And also my physical therapist described it as a, a triangular muscle, which is like front of the foot to the heel. There's a muscle connecting the front and the heel of the foot. So activating that and also activating the nice quad muscles and glute muscles too, because glute muscle is one of the biggest muscles in our body. So in that exercise is doing those works to activate those. So if you are actually carefully watching that exercise, uh, my ankle is pretty stable. Of course, there may be a little bit of wobble, but pretty stable. So that stability is the first initial stability everybody has to have. Because this is actually from my physical therapist. Uh, you want to focus in terms of shooting on the move stability from bottom up, meaning the foot, ankle, and the knee point where the quad is, and the glutes, the lower body. Mm -hmm. Because when we are shooting on the move, especially laterally, we need to be able to separate the upper body and the lower body. Because upper body has to track the target or make mm -hmm. a target transition side to side. So in that case, we cannot lock or have that engagement uh, connected to the lower body because lower body has to move in a certain direction. So that exercise really helps me to only focus on the bottom part of the body. So glute, uh, of course, ankle up and the, up to the glute. So that exercise really helped me to make the shooting of the move very stabilized. That's something that I started working on in 2017. That's when I first uh, hired physical trainer and physical therapist as well. So. Uh, the result I I am seeing this year, last year, and maybe even 2019. 2019 is the, the first year I started seeing tremendous stable stability on my shooting on the move. So 2017 is extremely hard year for me to learn how to uh, eliminate the pronation of my feet and have better stability here and there. Uh, a lot of protein powder and a lot of, yeah, <laughs> workout was okay. that year made. Wow, all right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great exercise. Um, I wasn't sure if maybe you were going to start an OnlyFans page and do some twerking or, you know. <laughs> that's not a bad <laughs> idea. If you're going to do that, you definitely have to separate your upper half from your lower half. So <laughs> It's just another source of income, yeah. you know. It takes good core stability and a strong lower back. My, yeah. my wife might not improve, uh, approve that. Oh, yeah, that's true. A, no, no, no. You listen, you came up with the name Step Back. I'm pretty sure you can come up with an OnlyFans name. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> All right. We've taken a lot of your time. Um, well, hold on. I got, I got, I got, I got a I, I haven't gotten there yet. I was going to okay. ask you. Okay. okay. Sorry. I got really excited because I had a couple questions. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Have you seen Sasquatch? 
like a real Sasquatch or a yeah, person? Yeah, like, <laughs> like bangs on trees the whole, like, <laughs> like a earth oh, yeah, a real one. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. You know, that whole thing. I, I've you seen... live where they live. That's why I'm asking. I know, I know. They're like 20 <laughs> minutes away from me. And have you ever been confused for a Sasquatch while wearing a furry jacket? Because you're tall. <laughs> I know a person called Sasquatch. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, have you seen? No, no, no. Okay. Well, I don't know if you're telling me the truth, but that's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> have you replaced your shoe? Uh, I replace it very often. Okay. Well, no, I mean the one that you purposefully cut a hole. Oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, okay. That one's gone. Okay. That one's gone. I threw it away. Did you bring the duct tape with you or did you have to buy it? I bought it. My wife actually got me a tape that's a medical tape. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a little bit elastic tape, yeah, yeah. but they didn't really hold up very well. So I was, yeah, I went to a sports shop and then got a duct tape. Okay. Was that the only thing you bought or did they have like weird questions when you went up and were like, <laughs> I need shoes to rope? No, they were fine. Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't like an awkward situation. Um, so, what do you think is more impressive to get? Your wife getting her PhD or you getting your GM? And don't worry, we're not going to let her listen to this episode. Uh, I'm I'm seeing what she's doing with her degree. So, absolutely, PhD is... Okay, yeah. that's a good husband right there. Smart. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, how long... Re I, I, this might have been when my kid decided to disconnect the internet... Um, how long were you in the uh, the ROK? Uh, two years. Two years it, yeah. is is that mandatory? At the time, two years were min minimum. Okay, yeah. okay. I didn't know if that came up because again, my kid was yep. like, "Oh, cable it, in the wall." It did. Like, okay, cool. Just making sure. Okay. Um, and and it, oh yeah, I just wanted to apologize again for the whole nationals and fist bump. Thing with Max. Oh, well, it was important lesson for me. So I know, but still, good. you know, I, I like um, I like lesson over okay. winning. But yeah, the Sasquatch thing was actually yeah. the most. Wow. Important question I had, so yes, yeah. uh, Juancic was actually a, an electrician, uh, electronics technician in the army. <laughs> See? There we go. See, I listen. I could have. I, I could have used you to fix my interwebs when my kid decided to no, I'll, yeah, I was just plug driver. it back in i was yeah. a driver so if you let me borrow your car um that'd be great yeah that's fine <laughs> i mean the check <laughs> engine lights on but sure yeah, I'll, I'll do a car wash and return it in about oh, yeah. three years <laughs> yeah three, four years, maybe. yeah there you go i'm not even stressed about that my wife will be happy she hates my truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's well, all what that's all you got yeah Again, the Sasquatch thing was the most important thing. I still feel like you're holding back on me a little bit, but it's fine. You know. It's cool. Well, if you ever are in the mountains in Washington and you have a, a Sasquatch sighting, you need to let us know so we can report that. Yeah, or yeah. I'll, I'll just on the podcast Sasquatch turkey or something. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Listen, there, I, there it is. I don't. I will hold you to that. <laughs> And you're gonna be like, we found him. You know. <laughs> Why does that sound like Chewbacca? Because it he's the most like a Sasquatch. It's the yeah. big, you know. <laughs> he's like uh, that planet's version of Sasquatch. 
<laughs> okay. I mean, they have their own all right. planet, but yeah. Okay. Right. That's all I got. Well, Juanzik, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for all of your time. Um, Thank you for the invite. Thank you. It was oh, fun time. absolutely. We'd love to have you on another time in the future. Okay. Yeah, sounds great to me. After Worlds in 2030. <laughs> or whenever. Right. Yeah. When COVID finally goes away. <laughs> yeah. In 2050, <laughs> when uh, you finally go and become the first Korean to win it, we'll yes, have you back on the show. There you, there you go. When he puts his walker to the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Juanzik. Thanks a lot, man. Guys. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Thank you.